0: This is the Old Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the Old Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. This is John, and this is episode number 17. Today, I have a very, very special guest with me today. A friend, a, a colleague, right? So you're a registered nurse as well. Yep. And uh, training partner, Carrie Oden. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Made it here uh, for the, on this cold... End of February day, so I think the I think this might be the last cold front for the year. I think we're going to be back in the 80s and everything next week. Hope so. Crazy Texas weather. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. Sure, sure. We've been trying to get you on the podcast for, I don't know, a couple months now, several months now. So. A little bit, yep. Yeah, it seems like I've done a lot more than 17 episodes, but I've only done 17 so far, so yeah. you're still one of the first yeah you'll turn
1: around and it'll be 100 pretty quick so. yeah i hope so i yeah. hope so
0: it's fun i mean it's just a little hobby that i'm doing so it's just you know sitting down talking to people about training jujitsu and all that kind of stuff so it's been pretty fun yeah. um so i learned something about you two things about you actually in the last 24 hours that i didn't know yeah one thing i learned about you is that you were homeschooled since the fourth grade yeah right yeah, i was tell me about that
1: uh you know so i grew up in el paso texas uh I was in elementary school out there, and uh, my parents, uh, I think fourth grade, kind of rolled along, and and they realized uh, I wasn't getting the education, and they didn't feel like I was completely safe in the school system, so they pulled me and my two sisters out and homeschooled us, so yeah. Really? It was, uh, you know, back, I don't think they had a whole lot of uh, resources for homeschoolers back then, so we did a lot of uh, uh, just different curriculum, so I kind of had a very diverse Background, uh, yeah. education-wise, um, kind of all over the place, and I actually got to travel quite a bit, so I got a lot more hands-on education. Got to see things yeah. in the United States mostly, but uh, yeah. So I uh, fourth grade got pulled out. I completed fourth grade and then fifth grade on uh, up until I basically finished all the textbooks that were available to us. Yeah, and uh, went on to college. Okay. Seventeen.
0: So you, yeah. you went all the way from, uh, so fourth grade all the way to graduating high school. Yeah. From, wow, that's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. It takes a lot of dedication from a parenting standpoint. You know, I have two boys that we homeschool, John Asher, for a couple of years, and then he ended up going to, uh, it's like a kind of a co-op program for a little while. And then he did a university model, which is only two days a week, and the rest is homeschool. So we've done like a... A mixture of homeschool and regular school. Parker is right now in classical conversations, which is one day a week as a homeschool co-op. So I was interested when you said that last night. I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, we we kind of had a uh, a little bit of a weird thing, and I think it kind of affects me today. Uh, so uh, basically, my mother would put in our like a. A scheduler mm-hmm. of all the what was required of me for the day gotcha um but I figured out very quickly if I could finish all my work for like the month yeah I would sit there and I'd do homework for basically several hours and get yeah. done for, and so after that I just got to go outside and play and and you know kind of explore the world and very cool a different kind of education I suppose so yeah I, and I still kind of do that to this day I you'll see me work super hard for a couple of days and then after that uh I just go play basically yeah. So yeah That's
0: really cool. So uh, Parker's the same way. Parker is a self-starter. You've rolled with him and trained with him here. here. But he'll get up, like, on his uh, non, like, co-op days, right? So usually it's Monday through – so Monday he's at home, Tuesdays at co-op, and then the rest of the week he's at home. But he'll get up at, like, early and just knock it all out in a couple hours for the day. Or sometimes he'll knock out two or three days in a row, and then he's got the rest of the week. He's just hanging out and doing whatever – and we'll do like quote-unquote unschooling, right, what you're talking uh-huh. about, just yeah. learning about different things. We'll learn about rocketry, or we'll learn about, you know, trucks, or whatever, whatever he's interested in, and kind of dive into that. And he loves engineering, so we'll yeah. kind of dive into that stuff too. So. Yeah,
1: it's 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 pretty funny. I, I really enjoy engineering as well, so, I mean, we got to do things like uh, go up to Thomas Edison's factory yeah. and look at what he did. Like, you know, he you know, invented so many different things, and there was a a room with a phonograph in it, and he had smashed all these phonographs, and I still remember that to this day. Yeah. Every time I'm working on a project or something like that, like, how many times did he break one of those, and it was all over the floor still at that that lab up there in New York, and yeah, it was really cool, so I still think about that today when I'm frustrated working on something, I can't figure it out, and then, like, okay, it's not that bad, you know, so, yeah, (laughs) so...
0: And so then you uh, finished high school. I guess you got your GED or did you get a diploma?
1: So it was kind of weird back then. So I was uh, actually playing soccer. Uh, I played soccer from the time I was about five or six years old up into college, kind of. Um, So some of the schools actually required you to have your GED to apply for colleges and then others didn't. Uh, The only reason I actually got my GED is at the time um, I was looking at North Texas. So I just... Showed up and took my GED like yeah. the next day because it was like, hey, I needed it for an application. Sure. Uh, so some of the schools that actually would actually accept you without your GED, um, just uh, we had to kind of come up with a transcript of the things that I had done, um, yeah. and I had to take certain placement tests. Uh, so yeah, I uh, ended up going to Texas Tech because uh, my plan was originally to walk onto their soccer team up there. So
0: okay. Yeah. Gotcha. so. so- Went to Texas Tech, or did you end up going to Texas Tech? Is yeah, that right? I did. I yeah, did. yeah. And then, um, so you played soccer there. So uh, it was kind of weird at the time. I don't, I don't know how it is
1: today, but the NCAA required waivers uh, mm. for homeschoolers at gotcha. the time, and um, because of the way they had the set up, um, Tech wasn't able to do a waiver for me. I guess they didn't have it, or didn't even really know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I transferred for a summer into Baylor. I played this uh, the summer at Baylor, um, and then uh, realized. That uh, Baylor at the time, I think, was like $36,000 a year. Mm. And so they could only – women's sports is a little bit different. Um, They only offer partial scholarships. A lot of times they'll have, you know, eight scholarships, so they'll split them up. And uh, I was kind of like, I'm not willing to go into debt to play soccer. And sure I kind of just transitioned and went back to Tech because I had some academic stuff going on there and um, could cover most um, of my education that way. So I just ended up playing club soccer after that. So.
0: And so you're did you get your nursing degree from Tech?
1: I did. I okay.
0: did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you so I was looking at LinkedIn this morning, right? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever looked at your LinkedIn. I think we follow each other on LinkedIn, but yeah. so I saw a couple things. So you have a bachelor's yeah. in biology.
1: I have right. a, a bachelor's in nursing. Yeah.
0: Bachelor. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. I saw two different degrees there.
1: No. So okay. I um, I was a dual major, um, okay. and even after I finished nursing, I continued on my cell and molecular. Okay. Uh, because I was planning on going to medical school, but I kind of got lost in the route. So yeah. yeah.
0: So you had dual major. Yeah. Biology nursing. Yeah. You have master's degree in nursing. Is yes. Yes. See that. And then you're also, so do you have Ph.D. as well?
1: So uh, I'm working on my Ph.D. Um, okay. in, uh, in the dissertation phase. So, yeah, really? Yeah. Golly. We're yeah. in the
0: midst of maybe, oh, soon to be a doctor. Oh, right? uh, hopefully. I, <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing I'm
1: learning about the Ph.D. is uh, it's a lot of writing and yeah. a lot of like, uh, no, that's not right. Do it over again. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like jujitsu. you know, you have to, uh, no, that's not quite right. Let's tweak it again. So it's been several years, and with kind of with the battle of COVID, it's been uh, quite a bit of tweaking and going back and reworking on stuff and yeah and uh, my professor, my dissertation chair, uh, crazy busy guy and I've got a crazy busy life, life so sometimes kind of yeah. getting those schedules together and getting us kind of finished is kind of what we're both uh, working on right now.
0: So yeah. just getting done. so Really cool. Yeah. And then also you are a flight nurse. Yeah. And yeah. a paramedic. Yeah. Now I'm a paramedic. So you've got like this <laughs> string of uh, his resume. This yeah. Is, this is a great resume, right? Yeah. So this is, you know, nursing you know uh msn you got your paramedic yeah. you're working on your doctorate you trained jujitsu you did juju for a little while you went to thailand and trained uh what was it muay thai for yeah, a little bit muay Thai. i mean you just, you've done it a lot yeah and so i was thinking about it on the way over here it's like what's the best way to describe carrie it's like <laughs> this girl is an adrenaline junkie <laughs> kind of, kind of, yeah. I mean, flight nursing, paramedic, Muay Thai, all this crazy stuff. So how'd you get into martial arts? What was your entry into martial arts?
1: So uh, honestly, uh, I wanted to do it as a kid, but I wasn't allowed to. Uh, It was kind of, I guess, uh, maybe a little bit taboo. Uh, They didn't want me to learn that aggression as a kid. Um, And then uh, a couple years ago, it's been, what, five years now? (laughs) I was just thinking about that. Um, I, you know, was... A flight nurse and I just uh, I was just uh, you know kind of just not enjoying it you know mm-hmm. um, I'd had a couple of bad calls and I can think about one in particular that I'd had it was just that patient that no matter what you did you couldn't I couldn't I couldn't be the best like I couldn't I couldn't save that patient and yeah. so I found myself like kind of like just just kind of angry and yeah. I was like I need some sort of outlet so uh, yeah. I had just moved to the area I just moved to Fort Worth from back from New Mexico um, And I saw an ad that popped up, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go try jiu-jitsu because I've been thinking about doing it for a couple years now. Like, I was like, oh, that sounds yeah. like fun. And uh, I wandered into, uh, you know, Texas Black Belt Academy, and yeah. kind of the rest was history. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, Professor Bador said, you know, is like, this is the place for broken people, like, you yeah. know. And I said, you know what, I feel a little bit broken, and uh, yeah, it's kind of history. So. Yeah.
0: And so you've been training for five years. I remember yeah. when we first started training together in the old location before we moved here. Yeah. And, uh, man, we've come up the ranks. So yeah. you're now a blue belt. Yeah. Got, you're two stripes right now. Yeah, I just got a second stripe. You know, two, yeah. Yeah, two stripes. You got that Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm now purple belt, and uh, we've come a long way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to say you were like an orange belt when I
0: when I first started. Yeah. Yeah. I only missed going for maybe six or eight months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't think maybe you had. Year. Yeah. 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 So it's been a lot. So I've, I've yeah. watched you, you know, it's kind of inspirational, you know. You've done – you came in, started doing jujitsu. First of all, um, and I, I didn't intend for this to be like women in Jujitsu month or whatever, but, you know, I've interviewed three ladies about jujitsu and training and all that kind of stuff in the last, you know, few weeks. Um, got you here. And uh, – but, you know, being a lady and coming in to jujitsu, I mean, super uncomfortable. We talked about this a little bit last night. Yeah. Uh, my wife is thinking about, well – she's going to do jujitsu she's she joined a challenge <laughs> yeah but um you know talk about you know a little bit of you know what that's like for a new uh, lady joining jujitsu or training jujitsu and kind of you know where it started and where you are now
1: uh, man yeah i can uh, i think i was telling you this last night uh, i can remember coming into my first lesson and professor Bador was here and uh, I was a little bit intimidated. I had to talk myself to come into the door. I'm like, what, am, what the heck am I doing? Uh, I knew I had watched some videos on jiu before I came in, you know, get on yeah. YouTube and see what it's like kind of yeah. thing. But that doesn't prepare you for kind of like that adrenaline surge when you walk in the door and then you're like, oh gosh, what yeah. kind of martial arts did I just sign up for? Yeah. Um, because jiu-jitsu is very uh, interactive. You're up in each other's faces, um, rolling all over the place. And so... Yeah you know, and I walked in, and I was the only girl on the mat, and I thought, oh, is this, you know, is this something, is this going to be a frequent thing, am I mm-hmm. going to always be the only person, you know, the only girl here on the mat, um, and so, I I mean, I I can't I can't tell you, I had such a great time that night, um, you know, they showed me so many different things, so we, we practiced, I think the five-step arm bar was the first move I learned, and I'm like, oh man, yeah. and I immediately went home and tried to do it to my dad and of course he just (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't know jujitsu but he was just like you know just holding me down I'm like okay I don't I don't know how to do this quite well enough but yeah um and then I knew we had a class a couple days later for some reason I was just like hesitant I was like I don't know if I can do this yeah I don't know if I can commit to this yet you know because I know it's going to take me a long time to one not try to just use strength um because I don't have the strength to get past you yeah. know, a lot of big guys. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of stamina. Um, and so I had you know, a couple of friends just kind of pushing me. And one of them was a pilot that I worked with, and he's like, no, you just got to go back. Just keep making yourself go back. Yeah. And then you're just going to look up, and it's it's going to be fine. And you're going to wonder, what, what the heck? you know? Yeah. So I came back in here that second night, and um, yeah, it, it it just slowly but surely got better. Yeah. It took me uh, probably four or five you know classes in to actually start rolling. I yeah. remember the first time I started rolling, there was a blue belt at the time, and he pretty much sat on me. And I didn't move the whole roll. <laughs> uh, much bigger guy. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't move. I actually have a video of it, and it cracks me up to this oh, day really? because I was like, "Oh, just move, just move, like just just go this way," you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and now it's like, okay, I think I, n- I have a little bit more yeah. uh, understanding of what he was doing to me. So I I hope I could get out. I think so, but he probably you know pull something else on me now yeah. and not. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it it's crazy. Um, and then you know you just find your way like. The more you do jiu jitsu, you just find it working its way into every part of your life, you know? Yeah, so.
0: yeah. I want to talk about that too because yeah. we, we had some interesting conversations over the last couple of weeks about how jiu jitsu has worked its way into your life, you know, as a nurse as well. So we'll yeah. talk about that in a minute. But yeah. So, with your jiu jitsu journey, from one thing I remember, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you came in, you started doing jiu jitsu, you were mm-hmm. very consistent in class, and then all of a sudden you're like signing up for doing tournaments yeah right so like right out of the gate i think you were like a yellow belt the first you know yeah tournament pretty that you did yeah so talk about that a little bit
1: <sighs> wow. so um. what
0: made you do it so you <laughs> came in like a, a newbie right so yeah. the way our belt system is white yellow or gold mm-hmm. orange green then blue yeah right and then you go all the wet through the regular we have a little bit different system here but so you were basically still a brand new Uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner as a woman as as a person period right and you go from white belt to yellow belt probably in six months Mm -hmm. and then you're doing tournaments yeah all right (laughs) explain that
1: so i guess that's just that's just me kind of that adrenaline thing uh but always challenging myself uh and you know I, I had to work the day we had one at the one of the tournaments at the gym and I remember watching I think you were in it and Adrian was in it and I kept yep. seeing your pictures on Facebook oh, man, I I want to do that that looks so much fun but the problem was is I didn't know how often we had tournaments here yeah. and uh, I'm not patient <laughs> so you know uh, I, I think I said something uh, to Professor Bedore and and he said, you know, there well, there's this Jiu-Jitsu World League. And I going, here I was. Like, the next day, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to sign up. Yeah. I had no idea. Absolutely no idea, you know, what that was like and yeah. the kind of people that go to the tournaments. And, um, yeah. yeah. So. A couple of weeks later, I was on the mat at Jiu-Jitsu World League, uh, competing in my first tournament.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty yeah. big jump, right? You know, like from
1: yeah.
0: T- you never done a school tournament. No. You just rolled here with us, yeah. a bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah. Then you sign up for Jiu-Jitsu World League. Yeah. And so what did you end up doing with that tournament? Did you place –
1: well, there was only three people, so yes, I placed. Yeah. Uh, so there were only three women in my category, and then I realized also I'm in, like, the geriatric version of jiu-jitsu. Um, so in <laughs>
0: master's division? Is that yeah, what? <laughs> I was already a
1: master at the time, so I was, uh, 35, so yeah. I was already in master's one, I've now progressed to master's two, but yeah. uh, they... Uh, yeah, so they kind of lumped me in with some younger people, and I didn't ever really think about it until, uh, one of the girls I was going up against with was, you know, basically thanked me for, you know, coming with young people, and I said, man, I'm not, I'm not that old, (laughs) you know, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, um, the first match I had out there, uh, I was with, uh, you know, obviously another white belt, and, um, I think she was probably fairly young in her jiu-jitsu journey. Yeah. I did not know what I was doing at all, (laughs) and, um, I remember going out there, I had this brand new gi, I was so excited, I had an origin gi, and like, man, I got the coolest gi out here, Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, you know, that's what makes the practitioner is
0: the gi. And... I mean, you got to have cool equipment. Oh my I gosh, mean, yeah. Y- You've got to have the greatest yeah. and greatest so, gi. <laughs> you know,
1: uh, and I got there, out there on the mat, and this girl was just grabbing grabbing my collar, and man, I thought she was going to rip my brand new gi. Yeah and you know we're standing up which i had never done i think we had me and uh, professor landon had practiced for maybe 10 minutes yeah a couple of days before the tournament and uh, she kept ripping at my key, ripping at my key. and for some reason in my head i thought okay if i was about to get a red card in soccer what would i do yeah <laughs> and i was like oh i remember because you know we had been at the state tournament in soccer and i was a goalie and i had swept this this girl's leg out she came right next to me and i kicked her leg out from under her i i I fully admit that I did it, and I yeah. didn't get carded that. Well, I got yellow carded that day, but I uh, thought, okay, let's think worse than that. If I sweep this girl's leg out, I don't know if I'm going to get kicked out of the off the you know pads or yeah. And I did, and I got her, and I got into a mount position, and i was so excited, and I didn't even know how to submit her, and oh. I had we, I had looked at the Ezekiel choke, you know, and. And so I'm trying to do it. I'm, like, digging into her neck, trying to just get it. And she did not tap. Like, yeah. she would not. And, uh, you know, I could hear a professor behind me just saying, control, control, control.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, what is he talking about? I'm in mount position, you know. Yeah. And next thing I know, I felt myself just fly over. She took my back, and she got my neck. Uh, so, I mean, it was just yeah. – I learned that day. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, probably for the next six months, uh, honestly, until COVID started. Yeah. Uh, that's all I worked on was somebody taking my back and getting out from, yeah. you know, somebody having my back. So. Well, kudos
0: to you for yeah. just signing up, you know, six yeah. months in, nine yeah. months into do jiu- Jiu-Jitsu as yeah. a newbie, and you knew just a few submissions yeah. and uh, learned the Ezekiel choke from, Ugh, from man. Uh, Instagram I, or YouTube. I just,
1: yeah, and, you know, they tell you that when you first walk into jujitsu, uh, don't go to YouTube right away. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. And yeah. I still, every time I get on YouTube to look something up... Uh, even last night I was looking up a go-go because a friend was telling me cause yeah. I was like oh man I got clobbered last night by a big dude what do I do you yeah. know and he's like, oh, try the Go-Go Plata. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Here's YouTube. You know, here's yeah. the answer. And, oh, gosh, you can go down a, a yeah. rabbit hole with that one. So Next
0: time you roll, try to pull the Go-Go Plata on me. I want to see. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I don't think I could. Like, I'm like, I'm not that flexible. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: I, you know, so many different. I'm like, oh, like that exists, you know. Yeah. And every day that's jujitsu to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. so you did that one. So Jiu-Jitsu World League. You've yeah. done several since then, right?
1: uh yeah i've done three total now three total now yeah yeah yeah. um i the last one i did uh, it's been a little bit since i did it um partially because i realized that uh one i i'm pretty competitive i don't like losing so and and i know with jujitsu it's not losing it's learning yeah um but that still gets me so um i realized that uh i don't want to step out into that Mm -hmm. again until um i can win yeah. <laughs> and that I sounds bad, but uh, yeah. I, I don't feel like it's uh, right for me to do that and for the people that take their time to get out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Badors come out and they, or they're always rooting me on,
0: but yeah.
1: uh, I don't want to waste their time if I'm not going to perform to the highest level that I can. So, kind of thing.
0: So, yeah. 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 So, I do remember this, and so I think this was not too long after that first tournament where you went to uh, Jiu Jitsu World League. Yeah. You started doing judo. Yeah. Yeah. Also. So, yeah. So how did that? So you're still training jujitsu. <clears throat> yeah. But you had split your time up, started doing some judo training. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I realized very quickly, because uh, there, there's. Uh, there's one girl that frequently does uh, world league and she's she also happens to be a nurse practitioner so oh really yeah so you know <laughs> other than nerdy nurses that did too you know and you know, a lot of times professor bidor is like hey she's not your friend you you got to go fight her right now and I'm like oh okay yeah. yeah i got it uh i realized like you know when you're standing up and you fall you're not always in the best of positions and so um i did judo a couple of times and I'm not going to lie to you. That's all they made me do was fall. Yeah. Um, for the first class I ever did, an hour and a half of falling. And I did not realize how many times you don't, you really don't think about that. Um, yeah. But when, you know, the fight goes to the ground, uh, whoever falls in the best position is probably going to be the one that wins that fight because you're going to get a uh, mount position or you're going to control. even. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Judah for me uh, was more because um, they don't, they do a lot of throws and, and stuff like that. Um, but it was more about the falling. Yeah. Um, and not only that, you know, an hour and a half of falling and getting back up, falling and getting back up, falling and getting back up. And
0: getting used to and that. And so
1: yeah, it's just kinda like life. You just gotta fall and get back up.
0: So Yeah, there yeah. you go. Life parallel. Fall and get yeah. back up. Mess a lot with Jitsu and that's, yeah. with Judo. <laughs> exactly. And nursing yeah. and Flight nursing, like you're talking about, you know, yeah. you know, not being able to save that person that you. Every, I think all of us as nurses have that one patient yeah. that haunts us, right? I think so. But you keep thinking about, so like, what could I've done different? You know, what extra thing could I've done to probably save that person, yeah. or could I have intervened a, a few seconds or a minute earlier? Yeah to do something different so yeah, what i and, miss yeah what i miss and i think that plays in well to what you're talking about you know yeah. falling and getting back up you know and you know even you know looking at that video that you're talking about whenever you first started and you had this blue belt smashing you what yeah. could i have done different you know you're yeah. reviewing that so yeah that's pretty interesting
1: yeah it's uh, it's definitely life lessons every every day you train martial arts i think so
0: yeah yeah absolutely so um jitsu Then you did tournaments, you did uh, judo Mm -hmm. next, Um, and then just recently, right, I don't know, did you do any other martial arts in between then and what you just did about a month ago going to Thailand? Uh,
1: No, I don't think I picked up anything else. So you don't do karate or anything like that? Uh, I mean, I've tried a couple of karate classes, Yeah. um, and uh, I I don't know, I just, uh, just, time, time, just you know, being an adult work life, um, yeah. getting here, uh, for karate and then jujitsu. I was kind of like, the one that you really want to yeah. focus
0: on. So Tell you, man, it's something about jujitsu. It's just coming here and getting on the mat. And, uh, I don't know, it just engages my brain yeah. in a way that nothing else does. Yeah. I mean, I work out, I run all that kind of stuff. I would give all that up tomorrow if all I could do was jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, I would give it all up. Cause it's just, I don't know, something about it just is in my veins.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, thinking about it, it's, uh, almost like the supreme form of
0: mindfulness. You know, you yeah. get, it,
1: you get on the mat, you can't think about anything else. Uh, yeah. you can't think about, Hey, I just had this horrible call or, you know, just had, uh, man, work stressing me out or school stressing me out. Uh, you've, You've got to think about what you're doing on the mat, because um, you know if you're not paying attention for a couple of seconds, someone's gonna have your back, they're gonna have your neck, oh, absolutely. you know. And so it's uh, just this intense focus on what
0: you're doing, your breathing, you're moving, and uh, where the person you're rolling with is going. And yeah, you know. it's almost like it's a weird form of meditation, to yeah. be honest with you. Like you're saying, even if you're having a bad day, you know, you've had a, w- a rough day at work or a rough day at home or whatever, you know, you don't feel like being here. When you show up. You may have a bad attitude when you first show up, Mm -hmm. but you get on that mat and you start training, especially whenever the mats are opened up at the end of class and we're doing some rolling, you slap and bump knuckles and then you're going at it. I mean, all the stuff that you've been thinking about uh, on the way to class kind of just melts into the distance. You just like get this clarity, get this mindfulness. It's like this peace, right? Even though you're like in the middle of somebody like literally trying to kill you, right? Somebody's trying to either break your arm or choke you to death. Um, of course, we don't yeah, we, no, we no. tap before we get there. <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 a life and death battle, yeah. Uh, and in a in a playful kind of way, I yeah. guess you could say. But you have, there's nothing else you can think about. Yeah, you know. And uh, I wish I'd found it earlier in my life. I think a lot of people, you know, especially people our age in the masters division, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, I wish I'd found this earlier. In life. Yeah. But it's funny how how many people our age actually are training, right? Yeah, right. and there's been periods of time uh, here at this school where it's all adults in our you know thirty to fifty bracket. Yeah, and a very few kids. But right now we're in this phase where we have all these teenagers that yeah, are now trying to kill us. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> and you got to be really careful of those guys because they may have you know that lower belt on, but you know they're really like you know probably blue belt and above with that. Yeah. Green belt on, you know. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely.
0: Yeah. You got Isaac and John Asher and Natalie. They're all, you know, they've been doing it for two or three years now. And yeah. Technically, they could probably be in that blue belt category. Um, a couple of them are getting aggressive enough where I would say it's like rolling with a blue belt, even though they're maybe orange belt or a green belt. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. John Asher got me in one of the tournaments recently. No, I remember that. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. He Back did, in he did.
0: Uh, August or September, I yeah. remember that was. Yeah. That's right. Interesting. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was a. Uh, what was the name of the uh, division you guys were in? We were Absolute. Like, we,
1: yeah, Absolute. We did absolute. absolute. And so, yeah, we went at it. I was gassed by the time I got to him, But, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, when you get to that type of point where you're just super tired and your brain's really oh, not, absolutely. you know, you just, yeah.
0: And these guys, they have a lot more endurance than we Oh, do. they do. They do. <laughs> <It's Damn it laughs> it's like, where did you get that from? Let me have some of it. Just a little bit. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. 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 But I think, you know, the, the point I was trying to make is, you know, even the, so, I didn't start until I was thirty. Say, I'm thirty. I'm forty-five now. I've been doing this for about seven years. So, what is the math on that? 38? Yeah. Thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight. 37, 38. when I started. You were in your mid-thirties when you started. Yeah. Um, a lot of the guys that are in here are in their mid-thirties or forties when they started. Yeah. The so the moral of the lesson is, start jujitsu no matter what age you are. Yeah. Um, there's definitely value. Uh, in it i mean i've found a lot of value in it. i wish you know like i said start i wish i started earlier but later in life i mean there's so much going on with you know managing your household managing your kids managing your job you need an outlet yeah right and uh man i don't think you can find a better outlet than this
1: i don't really think you can honestly <laughs> yeah I, I i guess i'm probably uh, a little you know one-sided when somebody comes to me with a problem or you know they're having some issues and man i'm just so stressed out i'm like you just need jujitsu in your life <laughs> it's just a cure-all you know it's like you know almost like a medication here uh just go to jujitsu tonight man you're gonna be okay and they're, i don't know jujitsu well, yeah, go go try it and yeah. see what it's like you know Yeah, exactly and i've had a couple friends that have you know like you kind of dip their toe in the water and um yeah, it's kind of becoming a bigger community, especially yeah. first responders and stuff. They're starting to really kind of push that. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I think it's really important for, you know, I look at a lot of, uh, you know, follow like, uh, Tom DeBlass, and, uh, you know, he's real big on, like, anti-bullying. And there's a couple other people that I follow that are former MMA or jiu-jitsu practitioners and really advocating. Hunter uh, Oco- Gracie. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch his, you know, Gracie University breakdowns and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of police officers that, you know, you would think that they would be the most um, trained in being able to take down somebody, control people, you know, get them subdued so they can put them in the back of the police car and haul them off to jail or whatever. But there's a lot of people that are in those roles, first responder roles, police officers, firefighters, paramedics, you know, that don't have the proper training to, to handle those situations. And I think it's very, very important that, you know, those guys learn how to do that because it could be a patient that's going buck wild because, you know, they're confused, they've had a head injury, or, you know, maybe they're overdosing or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you've got to know how to control that person even though they have this crazy mm-hmm. superhuman strength when they're in those situations. <laughs> um, you know, or, you know, you're a police officer. I have a, a friend that I just started um uh, with Jiu Jitsu about a month ago. So oh, he's a firefighter for uh, Fort Worth Police Department or Fort Worth uh, Fire Department and uh, I mean, he said all the guys in his um, uh, what is it called? their His station. Mm-hmm. His station are training and he was like I don't know I don't know. I was like come try it out. Just check it out and see what it's like. And now he's like holy moly. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: I mean it, not only does it you know kind of when you're out on the mat kind of help you not uh, sit there and ruminate about some of the stuff that we've seen at work. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny in the first responder community, uh, we don't like to share the stuff. I mean, I think yeah. the most common question I get, if I tell somebody, hey, I, yeah, I'm a flight nurse. I almost dread telling people I'm a flight nurse a lot of times. Really? It, it sounds weird because inevitably the next question is, oh, man, what's the worst thing you've ever seen? Yeah, yeah. And my brain will go there, but my mouth won't. Yeah. Um, and, and part of it is almost like a protection mm-hmm. uh, for them. Yeah. Uh, because I see a lot of people never stay. And so yeah. I don't really want to share that because, yeah. you know, especially a lot of younger people, um, which typically are the ones that ask that question, yeah. um, I don't want them to see that part of the world yet, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So I think we sit there and we hold a lot of that stuff in. Yeah. Um, and so we ruminate over it, uh, think some of the things that we see. And sometimes when you get that question, you start thinking about that, you oh, know. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, when you, you get uh, those first responders to come in and actually, you know, get out on the mat, we don't have to talk about it, we don't have to do anything, you know, yeah. just, just enjoy and have fun. And then also you, you learn control, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things that I, I found the most with martial arts that's transitioned into critical care for me is just mm-hmm. it's almost like it takes that little bump of adrenaline when you walk into that room, that critical patient. Um, everything's going chaotic. Yeah. And, um you're like, hey, this is not that bad. Nobody's choking me right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and you slow stuff down. And so you yeah. kind of take that moment, that deep breath, and like, you know, it's like what they teach you in jujitsu all the time, breathe. Yeah. You know, I think I was hitting the bags the other day doing a little bit of kickboxing with professor and he noticed i was holding my breath and he's like hey breathe when you're punching (laughs) (laughs) you know and i'm like i didn't even realize i was holding my breath but i think that's what we do too and you know first responders we um start kind of getting into that panic mode yeah and so uh one of the things i think martial arts teaches you is to take a deep breath and work through that situation that problem that you're faced with that fight basically
0: yeah absolutely i remember back when i first started training you probably remember this too is uh your first few times rolling, probably the first six months of rolling, maybe the first year of rolling, it's just like everything's coming at you so fast, Yeah. right? You can't every, – everywhere you move, you're getting you know choked or arm barred or sometimes shoulder lock or something. Yeah. You're always in a bad position, right? Mm-hmm. And so your instinct is to try to get away as fast as you can. So mm-hmm. you're muscling, you're breathing hard, you're yeah. holding your breath, you're not breathing, you're doing all the things wrong, yeah. right? And then that repetitive exposure to that, eventually, you <laughs> all of a sudden, you just start chilling out. Yeah. Right? You just, like, I remember one of my first vivid memories of first starting Jiu-Jitsu is rolling with Professor Badour Donnie, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, completely losing my mind, mm-hmm. and he's got his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's asleep, mm-hmm. and he's just rolling and just flowing with me, and I'm over here freaking out, like, yeah. coming in glued, and he's like moving to the next move and he's choking me and then I'll tap and he's like, all right, keep going. And then, so we're still going and he's like choking me out again. And eventually I just, I remember thinking about this. Like, how is this guy just like with his eyes closed, so relaxed and I'm over here just flipping out. Right. And you know, after, you know, several months or a year of that, now I'm able to kind of chill out a little bit more. And in each class I come to, I'm able to chill out a little bit more. And so, when those people are freaking out that i'm rolling with some of the lower belts and things like that i'm just like kind of like letting them do their thing and then kind of getting into that zen yeah you know and finding the different things that are just presenting to me and i do i wasn't doing well i just left bedside um, when i started doing uh jujitsu so i don't do bedside nursing anymore but um i worked in the cath lab yeah. you know high-paced exciting area of the hospital yeah. People screaming at you and yelling at you. People are coding on the table. You know, you're trying to put a stint in or yeah. get people prepped to go over to surgery, things like that. And I worked in the ER prior to that. So same thing. I mean, you see people Chaos. on their worst day yeah. of their life, literally the worst day of their life in most cases. Um, and But you've got to stay calm. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to stay calm mm-hmm. in this situation, especially you got two or three doctors yelling at you. You've got to push this med or push that med or start an IV, you know, all the things. Yeah. But man, but to be able to get into that Zen is yeah. super important and finding that that calmness that inner peace so you can do your job and yeah. you know help that person mm-hmm. uh, you know survive yeah because I through. mean
1: if your brain you know if, if you go into that situation you know you got a critical patient and um, you're thinking of everything um, and your brain's just all over the place even to the point where um, you find yourself in some of those critical critical, Patients that, um, well, what if I don't perform well here? You know, what are what are my peers going to think of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't get this intubation. I didn't get it on the first try. The patient, you know, uh, started kind of going downhill and. You know, I, I didn't perform my best. What are my peers going to think of me? What What is the physician that's going to review my chart think of me? Uh, you know, kind of like my standing in the community. Is it going to, you know, you start thinking that and it's kind of irrational. Your brain is just the most irrational thing sometimes. Um, yeah. And, but that doesn't do that patient any good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you, you can't go and, and, uh, think about, oh man, last week I had this, you know, this intubation and I really wasn't that great at it. And then come to this week and that patient needs me to be there. They need me to be there in the moment. They don't need me to be in last week. Yeah, so exactly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that kind of is a good segue because you and I had talked about this with professor Bedore a couple weeks ago, you're doing a presentation, yeah. uh, in a couple months, um, and you're going to use jiu-jitsu or martial arts as yeah. a part of your presentation to yeah. a group of nurses right yeah okay what is that yeah affect?
1: so i'm i'm hoping I've, I've submitted to to present you know jiu-jitsu in critical care okay. um you know just uh, the uh, mindfulness that jujitsu creates um and y- you don't even realize that's that's what that is um yeah. so a lot of the you know mindfulness things that's actually what my dissertation is about uh oh, really? is mindfulness um, in the flight nursing community um okay. uh so one of the things it's, it's crazy um we, c- we have this thing called cognitive overload uh so when you you get into a situation um you might be the most versed person uh in critical care you have like all this background incredibly smart uh, incredibly experienced um but i can fail at the most basic of things yeah um you know we teach uh, airway breathing circulation or you know circulation airway uh, you know yeah. and um i can miss those yeah um because my brain um is only conditioned to receive certain knowledge and certain things mm-hmm. um At a time. And so when you add different stressors in on top of what's going on with that critical patient, um, you kind of lose track. And so, um, right now my, my research in in nursing is, uh, really centered around mindfulness and can we use the intervention of teaching mindfulness to, uh, nurses, flight nurses specifically, um, to uh, perform better in a critical environment. And so, um, it's like hey you know how do i have mindfulness you know how do i walk in the room uh, you know you've got that patient you know you've got physicians that have been working you know tirelessly and they can't do it um, yeah. but you know they're they're stretched to their resources you know for that little critical access hospital and they can't they can't do it they just can't they don't have the tools and then i have to walk in and kind of like step in you know yeah. these are physicians they you know the You know, they've got all this education, all this background. They still have the tools that we have that we carry in the aircraft. Um, So how do I I walk in and then be the calm in the chaos? Yeah. You know, um, you get, you know, that. 18-month-old kid that's asthmatic that's not breathing and they've tried to intubate four or five times and now I have to walk in and put that tube in that kid's throat that kind of thing yeah and so that mindfulness is you just take that kind of piece from jujitsu and it's like okay take a deep breath I'm gonna walk in and I'm gonna completely focus on what this kid or what this patient needs at this time yeah um, and get the job done as best as I can in the moment
0: yeah so yeah yeah I mean that's exactly what we've been talking about this whole time is like you know how can we use you know the skills that we we've learned in Jujitsu? It's not like they teach. Oh, you're going to be super mindfulness. You're going to find yeah. your zen. You're going to sit in yeah. Indian style and you're you know yeah. you do the whole you know Gandhi thing. It's not that. I mean, we don't really get into the spiritual stuff here. No. I mean, but it, there is a spiritual aspect. <clears throat> yeah. You know that that calm that calm that mindfulness that zen. You know all these buzzwords that you hear people talking about with spirituality. Yeah. But I think that comes from just like this uh the intensity of the training that we have to do here what do you think
1: yeah i really think it does um you know it's kind of like you know those superheroes they find out you know their strength you know the kids you see the teenagers or whenever they figure out what they have you know i can do that wow you know um when you get put in the deep end of the pool and uh when you get kind of dunked in or you're struggling and um somebody's got your back somebody's got your neck you know somebody's about to tap you yeah um, you don't realize your own resilience until you're put into those situations. And yeah. uh, honestly, I didn't realize that jujitsu had crossed over into any other part of my life other than, you know, like yeah. hey, now it takes time and I got to go do it. And yeah. um, I was training uh, for a helicopter. Uh, egress, getting out of the helicopter when it's underwater. Okay. Um, now that's not the most ideal of situations. You know, the helicopter a lot of times, you know, if you get in an accident and you crash over water, um, yeah. it'll spin upside down and it'll put it'll dunk you. Yeah. Um, just because of the way the aircraft moves, and, uh, and so I, I had the opportunity to go through training on how to get out of the aircraft. Yeah. And
0: is this the thing where they? Have like a helicopter simulator, yeah. like over a pool and it yeah. rotates into the water?
1: Yeah. So uh, I had the opportunity to uh, train with some of the uh, Austin Travis County Starflight guys uh, down in a pool in Austin. And, you know, it was, oh man. I, yeah, I was kind of voluntold to go do it. Hey, look, yeah. this class is available. Um, hey, by the way, we're going to film you doing it. Um, oh, really? So, so they're yeah, floating around? Yeah. yeah. Well, I probably. I don't know. I've never seen it. So, uh, but yeah. So they threw us out in the deep end of the pool with our flight suits on and told us to tread water.
0: Which they're heavy, right? Yeah. So they're, they're they're a lot
1: heavier than you think they were. Yeah. Uh, you and know. then you
0: have your boots on. Yeah. And you're fully dressed out.
1: Yeah, fully yeah. fully decked out. Get in the water. And uh, this guy, you know, his guy named Stacy. Get out in the water. Yeah. And oh, by the way, both of your arms are broken. No way. Oh, by the way, you know, every five minutes you would change it up on us. Oh, by the way, your feet are broken. your b- legs are both broken. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, by the way, every extremity is broken. Float. And oh, by the way, do a dead man's float. Put your face in the water because that's the most effective way to float. Yeah. You know, so you don't get water in your mouth. Yeah. Which... I still don't understand to this day, but uh, <laughs> you know. So you're, you've in your helmet floats. I didn't know that until that. Um, but you know, to figure out how to tread water for just thirty minutes. Yeah. Because that's the average time it's going to take for them to launch another aircraft to come get you.
0: Um, thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. So you got tread water or float for yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah.
1: Tread, tread water, and Holy then moly. then you learn how to get out of your flight suit and use your flight suit how to float with.
0: Yeah, fill it up with air. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. and so I'm. I'm not very tall, I'm only 5'4", um, so most of the time, in order to get my flight suit off in the water, I have to go under um, and just kind of chillax and let my flight suit, you know. yeah, It's hard to get them, they've got legs and arms and, you yeah. know, you're already kind of, you got to get your boots off, you, gotta, you don't want your boots to float away because there might be debris in the water or something, whatever, mm-hmm. you might find a piece of aircraft that you can float on, you don't want to catch your feet, so the longer yeah. you can save your boots, the better. Uh, you know, you might get stranded on some deserted island. You never know, you know, right? Yeah. Um, so, getting out of your flight suit, um, you can actually air up your flight suit, catch air, and, and uh, float with that thing. So, yeah. there's been people, like, I guess, in the Navy that have done it for a week or so, um, just floating, waiting for the ship to come back and get them. Ooh, um, yeah. And, you know, here's me sending it thir- into 30 minutes. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. So, yeah, yeah and they, so after that 30 minutes is over, they're like, okay, now we're going to go uh, dunk you. Yeah. And so they've got this. You know, this so the first train.
0: evolution is getting in the water getting and, in the trying, water to float and trying to float tra- or tread water for 30 minutes. Yeah. So when I was I was in Coast Guard, yeah, and uh, one of the things we had to do was tread water as part yeah. of our swim test, yeah. And we had to tread water um, initially for five minutes, right? And it is incredibly hard to tread water for five minutes. Yeah. So that's first evolution. Next evolution was you had to tread water and pass a five-pound medicine ball. Mm-hmm. around in a circle for uh, it wasn't five minutes so it's less than that it's so like maybe three minutes yeah which is incredibly hard yeah so, so trying to tread water with passing a ball and every time you get the ball you're dunking under a little bit mm-hmm. and i can't imagine being in a pool for 30 minutes trying to figure out how to float how to tread water after your helicopter has crashed mm-hmm. and you don't know
1: what what injuries you've yeah. had and so yeah it's you know and, and you know granted we're like that 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 particular training we were in a pool yeah so you know at the end of the day you're like i got the side of the pool but yeah. imagine being in open water which i ended up having to do later on uh training last year in san diego we were actually in open water okay 52 degree water yeah and san in our flight cold, it's, it's yeah. cold it was 52 degrees in that water and i was grateful for my flight suit that day because it was kind of keeping me warm not the warmest yeah. but i was yeah, yeah. i was grateful but and we were also in open water with a little bit of a current going so yeah. for how long 30 minutes again 30
0: minutes so that's yeah. a 30 minute cold plunge yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah right so you want pretty- to talk about mindfulness <laughs> <laughs> you you've got to get your brain it's almost to that point you know you just shut your brain off yeah and you exist in the minute yeah and you know you keep telling myself i'm gonna tread water for 30 more seconds yeah and then i'm gonna hey i i did i did pretty good for 30 seconds let's go to a minute yeah um, okay cool i made it to a minute how about five minutes can i make it five more minutes yeah and uh, you don't give yourself the option of quitting, but yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So all you guys out there that I've challenged to come get in my cold plunge yeah. for three minutes at fifty degrees, yeah. She did f- thirty minutes at yeah. fifty-two degrees. So you man gotta, up,
1: gotta shut your brain off. That's all. Yeah. You know. it's it's so hard. It's it's so easy to sit here, and you know I'm sitting here. I'm kind of cold. It's kind of cold today. You know I'm yeah. sitting here. And, um, you know, it's like you seek discomfort yeah. to make you comfortable. Uh, yeah. And that's the same thing. So I hopefully the training that I've done, you know, when I if I ever, you know, get into that situation, I'm going to say, hey, today's not so bad. Yeah. It's not cold today. I'm in, you know, Florida waters. I'm good. I can float for 30 minutes, probably longer. You yeah. know, That kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's get. I got sidetracked on that a little bit. So yeah. back to the uh, training. Uh, so you so you did the the floating, the floating or yeah. the training water. Then you go to the evolution where they actually turn yeah. the helicopter upside down. Yeah. So, so
1: they've got this this cage. Um, this this particular training group has a cage, and it's got a seat in it. And uh, they've they've strapped in. You got your seat belt on. And uh, they've got divers and stuff in the water that are watching you from underwater. Um, but the first time I actually did the training, you know, they're filming. Uh, Up above the water, and a couple of us were dunking our phones in the water to get some good video. Yeah, kind of, you know, it's uh, it's EMS. We make fun of each other a lot. It's kind of a weird, you know, joke 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 things that we got going on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, camaraderie. (laughs) You know, it's it's, uh, yeah. So um, I was one of the last one to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to talk myself into this because I like sitting. Go, I'm going to get water up my nose, and I'm going to be that you know idiot that comes up above the water just (coughs) you know choking on my. On the water and like okay, so finally it's time I strap in and you know they they do the first thing they they turn you upside down, but you f- feel what it feels like to go upside down. Uh, it's very uh, uh, disorienting. Yeah. Because uh, you know you're like looking at the bottom of the pool and you you know you got your helmet on, you got your flight suit on. It's it's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so they bring you back up. Uh, they brought me back up and i'm like oh gosh now i got to figure out how to get out of the seatbelt so they flipped me over dunked me back under and um i couldn't get my seatbelt off and uh i was you know it's one of those uh, kind of five point harnesses and trying to turn that belt turn that belt I couldn't yeah. do it couldn't do it and i'm like oh gosh they're gonna have to turn me back up and i'm gonna fail and everybody's gonna see me fail yeah <laughs> you know so it's it's like the the same thing like um I'm thinking not of, like, hey, you know, what the situation is, but I'm not going to win today. I'm not going yeah. to look good to out. my colleagues. Yeah, yeah. I'm not about to tap out. And then it really hit me. I said, oh, man. And I said, you know what? I got an affair. I'm okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not the world's best swimmer. I've done a couple of triathlons, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm really not winded. I really don't need to go up. Yeah. I've been uh, choked longer than this in jiu-jitsu, yeah. and I'm fine my head's good I'm not dizzy or, or I'm not about to black out kind of thing yeah I'm gonna take just a moment and figure out what's going on with my seatbelt. and uh, even the guy underwater watching my me to make sure I was safe uh, he said I don't know what ha- hit you he said all of a sudden you went from like this tense you know look on your face like you couldn't figure it out and all of a sudden you just relaxed and I turned my belt the other way and got out <laughs> and so it hit me I was like hey it's jujitsu underwater you know yeah. like hey you know I realized hey <laughs> I've been tapped, out. Uh, you know, I've been choked out a lot longer than this, or, you know, yeah. been in that uncomfortable position, you know, where they got that X choke on you and you're like, can I work out of this or do I need to go ahead and tap kind yeah. of thing? And yeah. I realized, I, yeah, I didn't need to tap out yet um yeah i love that and i got out yeah so that was the first time i really realized jujitsu was having that you know because here's me i'm like i'm gonna you know fail in front of all these guys i'm gonna have a noxic injury from being stuck underwater (laughs) you know and then i was like oh no wait i'm good i'm good jujitsu has been worse than this so yeah let's let's keep moving so yeah
0: what that's a great story i mean you think about you know we're talking about you know high-stress situations from, you know, being in type-A situations with, you know, paramedics or flying in a helicopter or being upside down in a helicopter, yeah. working in a hospital. Um, there's a lot of professionals that do jiu-jitsu and say the same thing. I mean, we're kind of sounding like the Jocko podcast over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, do hard <laughs> stuff. Yeah, do hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. But
1: but you know what? You don't uh, – you don't know and you know doing that hard stuff kind of helps you when uh you kind of feel in life like life is just hard yeah you know and uh you know last year i did a the baton death march i had a rucksack for 26 miles on my back and yeah i think for the last year every time i do something now it's just like yeah it's not that bad yeah you know it's really not that bad yeah you know
0: and is that due to jujitsu or is that just because it sounds like you put yourself in hard situations yeah you know
1: i think that that's the thing i people are like well why do you do that and i'm like i try to break my brain yeah uh because uh there's nothing like breaking your brain Mm -hmm. i mean i i would tell you for a couple weeks after i finished that ruck my brain it was just like I I I didn't care, you know. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, I finished." Yeah. That was all that mattered to me. I got that that medal at the end, you know, yeah. like you get your
0: medal your t-shirt. You know, <laughs> I, I yeah,
1: you know, I I got oranges and bananas the entire way and some Gatorade, you know. I <laughs> uh, I could tell you mile 23 on that. Uh, you know, cuz it's in the mountains and you're up and down hill and, yeah. you know, in sand and it, it it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Mm. Mile 23, I I got to that one and uh the guy offers me my oranges and my bananas like dude i don't know yeah my i think my sugar was probably pretty low uh because you know that's all they're giving you to eat all day is your oranges and bananas and i had some snacks and stuff like that um and uh, I was like, I think my orange banana ratio is off, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he's like, take both and go get some more Powerade because you probably need it. And yeah. I thought he was going to pull me off the course. Yeah, was, And he's like, do you need to finish? And I said, no, sir. I said, like, I, you're not pulling me off the course. I'm going to finish. Yeah. I was like, I don't want this to be like the ultimate blonde moment where I've gone 23 miles and then, yeah. you know, we got three miles left and I turn back and quit, sure. you know. Yeah. So, But that's just like anything in life. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, Jocko, all those guys, they talk about, you know, you know, being dis- you know, uncomfortable, yeah. uh, you know, like Joe Rogan, he's like, you know, create comfort through uncomfort, yeah. you know, yeah. discomfort or, you know, whichever. You-
0: yeah, it builds resiliency, right? Yeah. You know, and this helps us get through, you know, not only physical situations, but also mental situations. Yeah. You keep putting yourself through these mental challenges um, where you have to make your brain say... Or just turn your brain off, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, turn your brain think,
1: off or uh, absolutely just get to that point where I call it breaking your brain. Breaking um, your Because, brain. you know, sometimes mm-hmm. your brain is like the um, the biggest hindrance that you have. Yeah. Because you don't realize what your body can do. Um, yeah. You know, you... There's no way I can do that. There's no way I can uh, last in that role for five minutes. There's no way. Yeah. Um, but that's your brain. It's not your body. Like your body can go so much farther than you ever ever imagined it to. Absolutely. Um, it's your brain that tells you, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm hurting. I'm yeah. you know. So yeah. yeah.
0: I'm tired. Yeah. I hurt. You know, I don't feel good. Yeah, you know, all those things. You can overcome those, yeah. If you just get past your brain, it's mind over matter, yeah. right? So my dad used to tell me all the time, son, is mind over matter. Yeah, you can do it, and it's there's a lot of truth in that. It is most of the time it's your mind that keeps you from doing the things that you know you need to do. Yeah, and uh, if you can just get over that, and I think the best way to, to get over those things is to put yourself in situations uh, voluntarily. Yeah, that you have to train yourself, train your brain to shut up. Yeah. So you can keep going.
1: Yeah. And I I think that that's why I think I put myself into interesting positions. Yeah. um, Because I'll tell you, there's so many things I talk myself out of. Yeah. And so I've kind of gotten to that point lately, probably in the last five years with jujitsu. I'm just like, what if I never do something and I never know? Yeah. You know, so just do it. Yeah. And and see how it goes. Just do
0: it. (laughs) That's the end of part one of my interview with Carrie Roden. I actually broke this into two episodes or two parts because. We just had a lot to talk about. So join us in part two, where Carrie talks about her time in Thailand, training Muay Thai for the first time, and uh, her adventures in Southeast Asia.